Prost. Cheers. Let's. Ah, yes. Mm, what a choose. Should we start? Sorry. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. So, hello, everybody. Welcome to Elixir of the Gods, uh, the podcast about agave culture. I'm your one of your hosts. My name is Albert. I'm the German guy. I'm the one who does ask the stupid questions. And with me is my Mexican partner and friend, Diego. Hello, Diego. Hello, Albert. As always. <laughs> nice. As always, nice to be here. Uh, so, I think... I, we I, have I, I just want to point something out. Albert uh, introduces himself as the guy who asks the stupid questions. But as this show goes on, Albert is now doesn't ask any. He never did ask stupid questions, but now I would say Albert knows much more than he thinks he knows. Ah, come on. Um, this is our season finale. We had nine amazing episodes this season, and right. uh, Alexia of the Gods has has kind of evolved. Uh, in the beginning, it was just the two of us exploring the different kind of definitions of what agave spirits can be. And uh, we were incredibly lucky to have in season two to have amazing guests and uh, they blew our minds. And I agree. Yeah. I agree. I would take this chance to thank them. Uh, I hope I don't forget anyone, but uh, Christian Schrader from Agavera was here. Axel from Escaleria was here. Esteban was here sooner from La Venenosa and the Rumbes. He's not in season two, but he's in, in, in between. Almost in season two. Exactly. Sergio Mendoza. Thank you, Cache, from the Rumbes and Don Fulano. Don Guillermo from, Don Guillermo, from yeah. Fortaleza. Thank you, Don Guillermo. I would like to thank everyone, you know. Uh, and Christian and... Christian and Roberto. Oh, yeah. that, that, that was an amazing chapter with the, them. The ambassadors. The ambassadors, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so we had some short visits from Carl from the Barking Dog in Denmark. Exactly. Fernando is doing an amazing trip to Oaxaca. Yeah. and Also, thank you, Fer. And Adam from uh, the crazy pedros who were super nice and uh, arranged a really spontaneous interview with me and correct. not knowing who we were uh, very very nice guys in correct. Manchester. correct so it's a season finale so, so thank you everybody who was on our show and we are looking for yeah new content so we're gonna probably take a bit of a break so until the next uh, episode uh, appears you diego will be at the next festival in the craft spirit festival starting march in Correct. Berlin, it's Craft Spirits, right? Is it? It's called this year. It's called Craft Spirits. It used to be the Still Berlin. Yeah. Uh, they changed the name. We're gonna be there. We are always there yeah. since this is the fourth year. We have a stand there, promoting the product as usual. Unfortunately, I cannot be there. I have work yeah. work is uh, preventing me from from going there this this year. But um, uh, Diego will be there, and maybe you will see him running around with a microphone. So right. <laughs> if you he does that, it's uh, gathering content for for uh, show. season number three. What else do we have? Uh, you have done some some teaching or some master classes recently, right? Correct. For me, they're they're training. Mm -hmm. You know, because master class sounds like you're really giving some masterclass and i don't think it's a masterclass i think it's a training for yeah. people everybody there was already quite trained mm. um and yes i was in holland this the beginning of this week doing some yeah some training for a company that we work together for our partners in 
in Holland. And that was good because thanks to your Instagram, I discovered uh, two new places and I put them on yeah. our map. And amazing because both Botanero in Rotterdam uh, with David, uh, in, an amazing place. And David is, knows his stuff. I was surprised how much the, 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 the amazing selection he has. Mm. So maybe we should invite David to, to give us a 15-minute Uh, of his Part chapter. exactly 15 minutes of his time to explain his project Botanero, which is very cool. And then I was in Salmuera in Amsterdam, also an incredible bar. Vincent was also incredible. He speaks fluid Spanish. He's half Argentinian, oh, okay. and uh, he has amazing people working there too, which is very cool. Also in Botanero, there is Simon, and in Salmuera, the barman made some. Incredible drinks, man. Yeah. Really. As a matter of fact, a combination of Bermud del Profesore from Roberto <laughs> yeah. and Raicilla, La Venenosa, which was outstanding, man. An mm -hmm. outstanding cocktail. One of mm -hmm. the best. Yeah. So uh, putting that on the map, um, that is a topic that is also close to our hearts. Uh, as we said, we started this season to interview some people from bars. And we are very well aware that we probably cannot interview everybody, but we want to put every place in Europe on the map that has love for agave spirits. And we, we started that. Uh, you can find that on our homepage if you go to elixiroftheGodspodcast.com. In the beginning, there is uh, a section called a map of agave bars or a map of bars, I think it's called. And uh, so if you click there, you find uh, places all over Europe that carry good agave spirits. And we don't make a distinction if it's tequila or Rysilia or um, uh, mezcal. We don't care as no, no. long as there is a love for, for the plant and the spirit. Exactly. Uh, we put them on the map. And if you have any recommendations, reach out to us. We have an email account. Uh, now, there's a, a logic or a method to the madness. So the... Instagram and our Twitter account is Elixir Podcast. Podcast, exactly. One, one word. Then we have uh, our Facebook account, which is Elixir of the Gods. Correct. And then we have our email address, which is... Elixir which is of the Gods Podcast. Elixir of the Gods Podcast. Exactly. At gmail.com. So uh, you can reach out to us in any way. And some people of you did. Uh, thank you for doing that. We will see if we can put you on the show or your input. We can do something with that in the next season as well. So basically, that's it. But I wanted to dedicate this season finale uh, to one of our first listeners, which is Alex Wimmer. He is in uh, Munich. I've talked to, about him a lot in the season. Already last year, almost a year ago, he gave me a quick interview to talk about his bar. Our room. And, <laughs> our room yeah. in Munich. And we didn't have the time or it didn't quite fit into, into our schedule. But I think uh, now it's the time and I wanted to have his interview, the interview with him that I conducted, I think, back in July uh, 2019. Yeah, And we're going to blow out this this uh, season finale with the interview with him. Very knowledgeable guy, very nice guy. Visit his bar, also excellent cocktails. And hope to see you for the beginning of season three, I would say. Yeah, correct. Okay, Diego, thanks. And also thanks for all the spirits you're Salud. serving me. Salute. Salute, yeah. So thanks guys for listening. Alex, thank you so much for yeah saying yes to have you on this podcast also thank you very much for the last time which was a legendary one i would say <laughs> it was a really great pleasure to have you here especially somebody who enjoys mezcal as much as you do so our room how long has our room existed so how long have you been here uh i've opened the bar in june of 2010 so it's over nine years now mm -hmm. um yeah still running well we're running better than ever 
Mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, we admired your mezcal selection last time. So how did you get into the world of mezcal? So what, what started it? Well, actually, it started in a bar which does not exist anymore called the Madame Bar. And uh, I knew about mezcal before and we had a few tastings of mezcal in there. And um, yeah, since we always, Saturdays after work, we went there because all the bartenders and all the people who work in the gastronomy in Munich just joined there together. It was like a, a yeah, Stammtisch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there more and more. We just had some mezcals with the staff and uh, amongst each other. And um, then through the tastings, I learned more and more about mezcal and I used to work with a friend of mine here, uh, Danny, who was a very mezcal aficionado as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we just pushed each other further and have you tried this, have you tried this and maybe there's something more we can uh, experience. And so I yeah, started more or less collecting mezcal and getting in deeper into the matter and uh, interesting myself more for mezcal, reading about it and yeah, like tasting every mezcal I somehow got in the hands. I mean, mm. some are really bad, mm. but there are a lot of varieties which are amazing and exceptional. Yeah, it's as, as everywhere you have industrial products and some of them are okay products, but some of them are, you know, they are industrial and they, they are just exactly. mass, made yeah. for mass consumption. And yeah. that's it. Yeah, but there's a lot of interesting stuff in the artisanal work and I'm seeing that your collection is, is growing again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's also interesting because uh, I talked to the people in Manchester and it's the same thing. So everybody in the bar scene there goes to this place after they're they done working yeah. and they're drinking mezcal. <laughs> so they, they, cool. they said they sell more, when they sell mezcal to regular people, they sell more cocktails than anything else. So yeah. how is it in our room? Well, actually in our room, I do sell more and more mezcal because I tried to bring mezcal closer to the people. Mm -hmm. So whenever I have the time, I try to, that's a little weird, but educate them or just bring them closer to mezcal, tell them mm -hmm. how it's made, that it's a very, very ancient spirit, very traditional spirit. And it is not like, and nothing against vodka, vodka pays the bills, but if you have a triple column distilled vodka, then okay, you have a vodka, mm -hmm. but you don't have a... An agave, for example, which takes at least seven to 12 years to grow, and you don't have that much tradition in the back. You don't have much that much love, which is uh, with how mezcal is made. So mm. if you tell people who didn't know about mezcal, they always talk about the worm. No, the worm has nothing to do with it. Yeah. But if you tell people how mezcal is made and how much effort and love and tradition goes into one single bottle of mezcal, then they start learning about it. And if you since I know my selection, I know where I could start yeah. with that uh, specific customer. Yeah, people are learning more and more. And even my regular uh, patrons are getting very eager to uh, try new mezcalas I have here. And I give them, I try to give them the best variety and uh, the best mezcala, which is according to their taste. Yeah. But normally, our room sells more cocktails because we have a very a wide range of cocktails which are uh, all our own creations mm. and of course we sell classics as well but we focus on own creations which yeah just give you a surprise in your when you drink them so if somebody comes to our room he knows he will be in for a surprise so that's part of yeah. your, your brand yeah. as well so exactly. yeah. that's what i wanted to ask next so how do you select the people who you think 
okay, they can handle a mezcal or they, they would be interested into it. Is it something you just look at them or is it people you know or uh, do you sell mezcal to somebody who's new in the bar which you have never seen before? <laughs> um, yeah, I did that as well, but not without a conversation beforehand mm. because mm. mezcal is a very difficult spirit for a beginner. So mm. if you're normally into, uh, I don't know, piña coladas, vice and or whatever, spritz, you will probably not like a mezcal. But um, the people I talk to and the people who are then interested in stronger spirits, in characteristic spirits, you might as well, if they like whiskey or if they like smoky whiskey or if they like heavy Easter rums, then you might as well go try and uh, give them a mezcal or just at least a small snifter for them to smell. And yeah, I always tell the whole story of mezcal. Yeah. <laughs> no, not the whole story because otherwise it'd yeah. take a few hours, but... But you're a preacher, so I, I yeah, can tell. <laughs> <In a way. laughs> Do you have a favorite plant? Yeah, actually the Madre Quiche. That would be it. And um, Well, it always depends on the wild yeast because um, there are some espadines as well or angustifolia or karavinsky. Yeah, not talking about tepestate because tepestate is, is, of course, one of my favorite plants, absolutely. But um, no, actually not. Because um, I might as well enjoy a tobala or a espadin, which are from different palenques, and then they're completely different from one one to each other. Yeah, so much comes mm. together. Like it's not yeah. only the it's the terroir, it's it's the uh, the wild yeast, it's the art of distillation, it's how much time the mezcaleros spend in yeah. uh, cooking the agaves and how they are harvested, and so it, everything, every single move which you make from the agave goes into the uh, spirit of the drink or the spirit of the mezcal and it influences the taste do you also look after the maestro so if you know yeah, oh, always yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah yeah that's something i i recently started to do a bit more as well so i've seen this guy before i like this other product so exactly i can buy this product probably it will be good because it's the same guy behind it so yeah, yeah. how do you feel about the mezcal scene in Munich and in Germany. Is there a scene or is it just a couple of people? How do you feel about it? Well, it depends on how many people you consider as a couple of people, but <laughs> Munich, almost all bartenders I know are very into mezcal. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a lot of colleagues, we're talking about 30, 40, 50 maybe people who are every single one of them uh, excellent bartenders. But if I would, for example a range of tasting, mezcal tasting here in our room, I'm pretty sure there would be at least 40 people attending, which for other spirits is quite difficult. But mezcal is yeah, it's, it's, it's somehow a nerd drink and it's a uh, bartender's drink. So it's our task to bring mezcal closer to the people who are not so much involved in gastronomy or who do not work at night, who just want to experience something new and experience a new spirit. Yeah. Which mezcal is not is mezcal is not a new spirit, but it's not in the minds of the people yet. Okay. So uh, one last question: Do you have uh, recommendations of bars and uh, places in Germany or Europe that should be on the Elixir of the Gods list? Well, uh, one bar I know about is um, which is very agave uh, themed as well is the Czech Club in Hamburg from Bettina Kupsa. And I've never been there personally, but I've heard a lot about it. And she's very into tequila. So I do suppose she has quite a good selection of mezcalas as well. Then uh, Fernando Bolaños. 
from La Tentación Mezcaleria in Berlin. I was there last time when I was in Berlin, and I was so warmly welcomed. And uh, Fernando even gave me some of his uh, mezcales, which he brought from Mexico, which are not officially on sale. And that was amazing. Mm. Yeah, you told me about it. You, you were like... Weren't you for for an educational thing? And yeah, like, it was on you, a workshop. You realized there. that the thing was 300 meters away from exactly, your bar. Exactly, right around the corner. <laughs> so I spent the whole evening there, and yeah, that yeah. was amazing. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, in Munich, I know quite a few bars, and it, there's not one bar who doesn't not even have one decent mezcal. Mm -hmm. So we have Zum Wolf, for example. They have quite a few mezcales. Then the Gato Pazzo as well. Yeah, there's quite a variety. Sefir has some scholars as well. And th those are all the people who I gather for mm -hmm. a tasting. And um, they so either they own the bars. Care. So you are the seed, basically, in a way? And you, you convince them, in a way? Yeah, <laughs> no, most of them already started with Moscow before I started to have such a huge selection. But yeah, we all started more or less together, so let's say, yeah, four years ago. Four years ago. When Moscow was getting more available in uh, Europe. And there are quite a few importers, who Diego, for example, mm -hmm. who import uh, mezcal and very good qualities. Then there's uh, Pacific and Lime. Then there's uh, Hans Lange, of course, from Barrel Brothers, who's my yeah, main mezcal dealer, mm -hmm. let's say. And yeah, we have good possibilities to uh, get a hand on good mezcal. Mm. So you say the availability of the product has also improved and that's why... It's increased hugely. Yeah. 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 Maybe one last, last question. Mm. So how many different products do you have here in your bar? Are we talking about mezcal or agave? or uh, Agave, agave. For me, okay. you know, I use mezcal also for bacanora and all, all, things, yeah. uh, all things agave. But okay, uh, Yeah, well, including... Bacanora, Rasilla, Tequila, Mezcal, and let's even take the Tutsotoles in it. Um, we'll be counting about 57, 58, something wow. like that. Very impressive. Yeah, and I had a couple of them already, and I was not disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So, Alex, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, Great pleasure. Um, we are going to hear from us uh, more soon. Cool. Cool. Looking forward to that. Yeah.